Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Mike Ross, for that fine introduction. Welcome to Leaf Sky, Episode 18, Season 3. Our guest today is Dave McCarthy from NHL.com and SiriusXM. We have a spirited conversation on the way, but before we get there, consider this. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That is correct. Make your first bet up to $1,000. If it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the Major League action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless because guess what? They are. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Here is the call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN to make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. The promo code is THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. All right, on to the hockey story. What do we have here? Let's take a look. The Leafs, six games with the lower echelon of the NHL go 4-2. and two, And yet there's a couple of moments there you'd like to relive, like the second period against Columbus and also Sunday night in Chicago. And these were consecutive games, the second half of consecutive games on consecutive nights, a complete sag, and maybe Tuesday night in Buffalo sag in the third period. So, but you're still 4-2. and two. There's plenty to be happy about here, and O'Reilly and Ochari have done a really nice job. So let's get into our conversation with Dave McCarthy, and I'm going to ask you to listen really closely to the second half where we circle two players that we both feel control the least plight and fate in the playoffs. So, Dave, once again, we're going over a, a good span for the Leafs, four and two in their last six games against the lower echelon of the NHL, and yet there are moments there that you'd like to relive for the hockey team because they got a little sloppy. And I guess when you break it all down, four and two in a six-game span, it's the games on consecutive nights, the second game where the stumble happens. How much concern do you have about that? 
mild concern, not not significant concern, because they'd actually been fairly effective in back-to-back games, the second of back-to-backs for the most part of this season. Uh, just a couple of hiccups lately against Columbus at home and then Chicago there on the road last Sunday. So four and two is 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 a pretty good stretch coming out of the All Star break. Obviously, you hate to lose games in regulation against the worst team in the league in Chicago and the worst team in the Eastern Conference in Columbus. But you know, every team's going to lose lose some tough games over the 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 course of the season. Like you check Tampa's schedule, check Colorado schedule, you'll see some L's against some some tough looking teams there. Um, but but what I liked. You know, certainly last night against the Buffalo Sabres, they 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 took the will of Buffalo out of that game early. Like they were on time, relentless, and then before you turned around, it was four nothing and then five nothing. And then ultimately they built themselves a big enough cushion that even with a bit of a slip at the back half of that game, they were able to steer it home in relatively uh, calm fashion. Now, you know, what Sheldon Keefe said after the win against Buffalo was that the first 15-20 minutes was what I've been telling the guys that we're capable of all year long. When we defend, when we play uh, the way we did without the puck, uh, the D quick tapping up on guys, the forwards applying back pressure uh, to force uh, to force a puck carrier into turnovers, uh, and then our transition game very quickly um, back the other way. He said, on the, the other hand, uh, it's an example that regardless of score, regardless of opponent, we have to keep our details high because if we don't, then you end up with a situation where suddenly the game starts to get a little bit more nerve-wracking. So he said, you don't, you don't worry too much about it because you're on the road, you got two points, and, and really – you you won that game pretty convincingly, but it's just another example, another, I hate to use the word lesson, where if you take your foot off the gas, so to speak, suddenly things can get away from you very quickly. Yeah, you know, I keep going over that, and there's plenty of positives in a 4-2 and two run, especially uh, in the game Tuesday night in Buffalo. Uh, but before we get there, I mean, that, that foot off the gas thing, uh, maybe you could sort of relate it to, uh, we were wondering how they'd be motivated in the regular season this year because they'd done so much and so well in regular seasons in the past. And the judgment, as we all know, happens in the playoffs. And, and maybe that's part of this. But, I mean, it's it's well known. I mean, you can see the foot come off the gas. and You can see the result. It's, it's somewhat predictable. So you wonder when they get sick of that. Well, it's a damn good thing that Ilya Samsonov was good last night, too, because he really turned aside some great eight chances for Buffalo in the second period that, I guess, prevented their comeback from beginning in earnest even earlier in the game. And if it had of, you know, who knows what the third period has entailed. Uh, so Samsonov was very good, but you're right. Like the mark of a championship team is that you, you build a four five nothing lead against a eh, Buffalo's not a, a, a terrible team by any stretch, but they're a team that's fighting to make the playoffs. Let's be honest here. It's a team that Toronto should be dramatically better than, um, you build a lead against a team like that quickly, you know, you go up five, nothing, you should win that game six, one, not five, three, or, you know, 6-3 with the empty net or whatever. Uh, it shouldn't get within, you know, striking distance where the other team is even entertaining thoughts of, of pulling their goalie. 
So you're right. I, at what point do you get sick of that? Um, I think there's also a, a bit of a human nature standpoint that when you do get up 5 nothing, the way you play at that point um, is different than it would be if you were up 2-1 in the game heading into the third period. So there's an element of that, but that, that comes down to just, I think, maturity in your play because it's up to you. Why does Buffalo get let back in? Because you stopped doing what you did early in the game to take control. So just don't stop doing it. Well, that's hard work. Do you need to put in the hard work when you're up 5 nothing? Well, theoretically, no, but actually, yes. So, you know, that's really what it comes down to. And I think that's why um, Sheldon the other night against Columbus a couple Saturdays ago um, was very critical of the, the group when he said, quite frankly, it was an effort situation, not an execution situation. Uh, I can't answer that. You have to ask the players, he said. And I, I told them, it's as simple as this. You, you ask yourself, how important is it, is it to you? Simple as that. So that's, that's pretty terse commentary from the head coach. And again, last night, even though he wasn't losing his mind, he just said, like I related, it's an example of, of why you need to keep your details and your habits uh, where they were that allowed you to build that lead, um, regardless of who the score or the opponent is. Yeah, I'm going to dust off my own line. It's an odd look. So, yes. so with this team, um, you almost get the impression that they have to be dared to stop something. So, I, I mean, I could actually see this happening in a playoff series where they get painted into a corner, and this time they work their way out. I mean, that's the missing piece. So I, I don't. I hope it doesn't happen that way. But, boy, they, they sure like to flirt with that, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. Um, but like I said, you, you have to look a little bit more broadly. And there are some teams, like, look, Tampa wins some games where Johnny Cooper is like, oh, oh, oh fellas, we, yeah, we got away with that one, right? Didn't, didn't yeah. play our best, but we got out of here with two points, so we'll take the two points and uh, we'll move forward. And and that's um, part of of the luxury that you, you build in for yourself when you have such a, a convincing lead, commanding lead on teams below you in the standings. You can afford to do that a little bit. Um, but as you said, really the judgment comes in the playoffs because you know, they're going to get to a point where like they have really in each of the last, what has it been? Five or six years, they get to a point in the series where there's a fork in the road and what way does it go? Well, it has yet to go their way to this point. They had Montreal on the ropes. They had Tampa Bay on the ropes. Really, like you know, the the ref was uh, was on the on the mat, uh, pounding away. Uh, you know, on the ten count, he was up to nine, yeah. and before and before you know it, um, you know, Tampa wriggles out from under the chokehold, and 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 before you know it, you're in the chokehold, and the series over with. So, um, that 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 element of of finishing, that element of killer instinct, to make sure your opponent does not get let up off the mat. That that's a skill, right? And yeah. you know, to a lesser degree, we we saw an example of it last night. You know, Buffalo ultimately ran out of real estate in terms of the clock, but I didn't like the way the second half of that game went. I really didn't. If I if you're if you're a Leaf fan, 
Yeah, I would agree with that. So let's talk about the positives. Clearly, the addition of O'Reilly and Achari has had a nice impact on this team. In fact, the Marner-O'Reilly-Tavares line was lights out, especially in the early going. Um, you could see what O'Reilly brings to the table. This is the missing element. I just, I love that trade. What are your thoughts on it? That's the exact trade they needed to make. Uh, people were trying to convince me before Jonathan Taves came out with, with his announcement that he was not going to allow himself to be traded and that he's not in a position to play, that, that he's the guy that they should go after. Um, and I said, no, I, I don't think it is, simply because he makes too much money and you need more than one player up front. You need two. Um, St. Louis really was, the, to me, the team that I, I targeted uh, for Ryan O'Reilly, and I said one of Ivan Barbashev or Noel Achari. Ultimately, it turned out to be Achari, but I thought they needed two fours. They needed a, a guy that could conceivably play in your top six. They needed a guy that could play down the lineup because that bottom six a couple of weeks ago, I, I sent out a tweet um, when when Gabby Shirley, who covers the Lightning, had, had tweeted out uh, their lines, and I said, look at look at this here, and look at look at the Leafs. You know, you had you had Ross Colton, um, you had Corey Perry, Patty Maroon, Nemesnikov, Belmar. Like those are quality National League players, and the Leafs had Camp, uh, Engvall, Anderson, Holmberg, Aston Reese, and I think Alex Steves. Like you know, that's just not going to cut it. So I said, look, that bottom six needs work. So what they did, they went out, and because Ryan O'Reilly. Doesn't make near what Jonathan Taves made. Uh, they're able to work out a deal where they they could add a second player to that deal, and and now suddenly look how it's affected the lineup. The other thing that I heard a lot was, and I I agreed, was that the Leafs need a, a top six winger. Well, in getting two centers, I think they also did acquire a top six winger in John Tavares, as it's pushed him over to the left, and now what you have is you filled that void that that they needed absolutely up front. Um, but you've also built in a lot more depth up the middle of the ice. You've got like at minimum five quality national league center icemen, which is to say that if um, somebody should get hurt in the playoffs, suddenly it's not going to be a situation like it was a couple of years ago against Montreal when John Tavares got hurt. And then you looked at the depth chart up the middle of the ice. You said, oh, okay, Austin Matthews were looking good. Then, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Right? It was yeah. it dropped off dramatically. Well, now, you know, somebody gets hurt. Say O'Reilly, heaven forbid, gets hurt. You slide John Tavares back. You've got David Camp. You've got Noel Achari. It's not devastation. Um, Austin Matthews gets banged up. You slide Tavares up. Tavares O'Reilly, not devastation, not ideal, but not devastation. So they've really killed like two, if not three, birds with one stone here. And and then what it's also done is is it's pushed Alex Kerfoot down the lineup. And now you've got a fourth line of Aston Reese, uh, Achari, and Kerfoot. That's a real fourth line. It's a real fourth line. Um, that, that trade was exactly what Toronto needed to do. Yeah, totally agree. And then you see the chemistry, the fit with Marner and Tavares for O'Reilly is really great. And then you see the fit with Aston Reese and Achari. That, that's a nice combo too. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's a trade that you get some good players in, but you also make everybody else there better. And, and that's a win-win. Yeah. You re-slot the lineup to an extent. Kerfoot's now playing in a better position, um, to have success. 
Um, you've you've upgraded the left wing spot on whatever you want to call it, the, the first or the second line, because John Tavares is slid over. And you've replaced Tavares with a center that is as defensively responsible, if not even more so than he is, and a guy that shows he's still got uh, the ability to contribute offensively. So, you know, it is it, it is really, to me, a trade that is that is free from criticism. And, and don't tell me they gave up too much. Are you kidding me? No. They gave up. They gave up zero. They gave up a first, second, third, fourth, and Mikhail Abramov. None of that. None of that is helping you until three years at minimum down the road. Well, guess what? Three years down the road, Austin Matthews may not be here. William Nylander may not be here. This team could look very, very different. And in saying all that, those picks. Um, certainly the first round pick, it's going to be like 25, six, seven, like that's not a top five pick here. So I don't think they gave up all that much. Really. It's about right now trying to push this team in, in the prime of its winning window to the best possible position to follow through on the ability to win. Dave, we're going to have a real hard conversation here because as I'm looking at the the roster, I've circled two names, and these two names I feel could push the Leafs through or could actually hurt them if they don't perform to their capabilities. The I names I are guess one. Well, the name is one name is Bunting, and the other name is Morgan Riley. I, I think Correct. that these yeah. these these two guys. If they could raise their game, and for Bunting, it's a little different. He's got to be careful about, um, you know, the talking and trying to instigate that way because I, it could be a detriment in a playoff series. And Morgan Riley has to – he's just got to upgrade his game uh, just because he's their top defenseman, and, and uh, he could lead the way. And Bunting, for me, is, is the same issue because – you know, you look at, you're talking about slim margins here. You're talking about playing a couple of really good teams. And, and then as you go deeper, it doesn't get any easier. So there's really no wiggle room. These two guys are key to me. How about you? I, Morgan Riley was the name that I was going to mention. Um, and what I'd say about Bunting is I've, I've liked his game. I think he's played effectively um, when he's kept it on the right side of the line. And that's yeah. the proviso there is that, um, I'm not looking at him and saying that I need you to give more. I'm almost looking at him and saying, I need you to give less of the part of your game that doesn't really help you. I want the emotion in his game. He needs to have that in order to be at his best, but he's got to make sure it doesn't translate into a detriment. He's got to make sure that he does not become the focus of the officials in a negative fashion either uh, drawing too many penalties himself, by say drawing, I mean taking too many penalties himself, or um, not uh, drawing penalties because refs look at infractions committed against him and the arm doesn't go up because they're tired of, of, his, of his, I don't know, a sideshow too strong a word, but you know, in the yeah, eyes of the refs it probably is, right? Uh, he's just, he just has to, I mean, he could be a key factor or a key distraction. He has to be a key factor. Right. And, and by and large this year, he has been a key factor, but there have been a number of instances where it has gone against him because he gets too wrapped up in what not necessarily is, is not necessary. And and Sheldon is not me saying it's the head coach saying it. He has on a number of occasions, uh, reiterated uh, a stance similar to that. 
with Morgan Riley, he is the guy that I look at on the roster that, uh, based on what we know he can be, has so much more to give. He hasn't had a great year, let's be honest. He, he just he has not. When he's played, he's been, as Randy Carlyle would say, just okay at best. Um, he's been injured a lot, not his fault, but he's been unavailable. Um, if he could get his game to a point where you look at Morgan Riley and say that's the best version of Morgan Riley, um, then I think they're in a really good position. And and to to put it in context here, an example that I think people would understand, the reason I'm saying is not being critical of the guy. It's just that you know there's so much more there to give. Look at William Nylander. The same thing that I said about Willie the last couple of years on your show. Not being critical of the guy because I don't like him. Being critical because you know there's so much more there for him to get his game to. And he's done that this year more basically the whole season where it's like, yeah, that's the guy that I always knew you could be. That's why I was being critical at times in the past. The flip side of the, the equation will be all the people that got on my back for being critical are saying, see, I told you. Well, okay, fine, but I didn't see it then. I'm seeing it now. That's, <laughs> that's the point here, right, is that he has uh, improved his consistency. He, he's, he's playing. He's a different player. As good as he was in the, in the past, he's a different player this year for the better. And I think that's what Morgan Riley needs to do. He's got to get his game back to where it was um, a couple of years ago when he was at his best. I still think he's well within his ability to do that. If he can, that'll, that'll transform the look of their back end in a good way. Yeah, I mean, just in a matchup in a playoff series, if you're the number one left winger on the number one line, well, the guy you're playing against is also number one, and, and you better be better than him. And that's that's where I'm a little worried about bunting. And, and for Morgan Riley, the same. You know, whether you're playing Tampa or Boston, I mean, look who you're matched up against. You have to outperform them. So uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be interesting to watch. Both are capable of doing it. So we'll see, right? Well, that's it. You know, and that's that's why you ultimately play the games. So you don't calculate them on paper because over a seven-game series, um, you know, that's that's what coaches tell teams a lot of the time is, I don't care what you did in the regular season. I don't care how many points that guy has in his career based on uh, how many you have in your career. I'm asking you to be better than that guy for seven games. Can you do that? Can you give yeah. me that? And if you look at it broad picture, right, there are times where whoever it is, pick a guy. Kucherov goes through a goes through a span of, of seven to ten games. And they look at Connor McDavid right now. Uh, until last night, he had two goals to to nuke my point here. But before that, I think he had like one in seven. So he cooled down for a little bit. I don't think he's going to cool down long, but for like seven games, he was not quite Connor McDavid. So you know, you, you bring that into a playoff series, and you say, "I need you to be better than that guy for seven games." Can you do it? And if you ask that question, everybody on your roster and, you know, 80% of the guys by the end of the seven games can look at a coach in the eye and say, yes, I was, and I can be probably going to win that series. Yep. Totally agree on that. Let's end it on that. David, thanks very much for your time. Appreciate oh, it. Always good, Tapman. Thank you. 
last minute of play in this podcast. All right. Thank you, Mike Ross. Look at the split. Yes, guy, no guy on the way out. Ryan O'Reilly and Olachari. Oh, yes, guy. These guys are great. O'Reilly, just a nice fit on the second line, centering Tavares and Marner. And Achari, nice fit on the fourth line. Oh, that's an emphatic yes, guy. Yes, guy, no guy, number two. Some concern about the foot off the gas routine. Oh, yes, guy. You can see it coming a mile away. You can see the struggles. And as we said in our conversation with Dave McCarthy, you hope they figure it out in a playoff series because it doesn't look like they're going to solve it in the regular season. And the final yes guy, no guy on the way out. The Leafs not done dealing. Oh, that's a yes guy. Need help in the blue line. And maybe, maybe another forward. We'll see. Thanks for downloading Episode 18, Season 3 of Leafs Guy. Hope you come back next week for Episode 19.